pull up a bar stool. All right, so once a month, I invite my good good friend, the backup CEO, business manager, family, John Robinson, Jr. on the show, and we get a little uncomfortable. Usually, he takes the wheel and asks me questions business related. So we're going to talk about public speaking, talk about my process, and do all kinds of baseball analogies. This is a good one. Now, along the way, we're going to talk about, um, I'm going to mention my experiment that I'm running. So if you're curious and you want to participate in this experiment, let's go to my Facebook page, go to facebook.com slash John Digital, and it should still be the pinned post at the top that you'll see, hey, it's an experiment, and you have three boxes you can click on indicating whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced. Click on one of those, just one, please. Uh, otherwise, yeah, we'll talk about the Power Hitters Club. And if you're curious about that, just go to johnlimmer.com slash PHC. Um, by the time you hear this, I would have recorded a, li- a live workshop um, that covers the details of my experiment, the mechanics behind it. And uh, if you join today, you can still get access to the recording for that. So this will be a good one. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLimmer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. So once a month, I invite my man, my business partner, my family, my backup CEO, John Robinson, on the show JR is going to sound nice and clear today because he's got a brand new spanking microphone. How you doing? You know, I almost put some food in my mouth just so I could sound gargled. But yeah, no, this is great. Thank you for sending the mic. You're, you you gifted me with that, Mr. Loomer. A little, little echo there. Maybe you should create a contraption like I just did. What what is the echo sound from? Right, so Do it, I have it, it set up wrong? No, it's not. It's it's set up. Fine. It's just that I know that Dan, who edits it, you know, he wants it perfect. And there's all like that's why I've, I created this whole contraption with mine because it uh, the sound bounces off walls and stuff. So like if you're not in like this soundproof area, it's kind of like bouncing off walls and the table and ceiling and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of it sounds like MacGyver. It sounds like too much MacGyver going exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. But I, don't worry about Dan. He'll be fine. I've, I've been giving him poor quality sound for three years or whatever now. So probably three and a half years. Um, so anyway, anyone who hasn't listened to the show before, when Jr. is on, basically what we do. Um, first of all, we talk business related stuff. I, I have no idea what we're about to talk about talk about today because it's not my responsibility. JR takes the wheel and usually asks a bunch of questions, and but it's usually something about starting a business and being an entrepreneur. I don't know. Maybe we're going to talk about baseball. I guess we're going to find out. But before we get there, JR, I'm drinking a really high-quality water in my Packers cup. What are you drinking? Oh, I had to change it up. I am drinking Orange Crush. Oh, that's, you're <laughs> awful. What happened to yes. cranberry juice? I, I, see, I can't count on you to even have anything these days. So now it's like, I know when I have Orange. water, it's like this is this podcast is a farce. Orange Crush. It, it reminds me of, of the Denver Broncos. I used to drink Orange Crush all the time when I go to Colorado as a kid. 
So that's exciting. Reflection. Yeah. All right. So you know how it works. Take the wheel. Do awesome things. Whatever you got. Let's go. Yeah. So I want to reflect. Mm. And like I said, that me reflecting back on drinking some Orange Crush, I want to reflect on the last week which you were at Social Media Marketing World. So I'm just going to throw some words out there as usual and just let you react, respond, whine, whatever you're going to do. But I want you to just talk about Social Media Marketing World. How Mm. was that this year? It was good. I was a little panicked. Uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, mainly the weather. So um, I, I was going to leave Saturday, and then, of course, we had this huge blizzard, and all flights Saturday were canceled. And then uh, even Sunday was in doubt, but I was able to leave on Sunday and then uh, to speak on Monday morning. So th- this year was definitely different than most years past. Uh, in the past, I, last couple of years, I've had my family with me, which is always fun. Um, and I was in the audience too, or you know, going to Disneyland or doing all other kinds of stuff before the event. But uh, this year it didn't coincide with uh, spring break, so that didn't happen. Just be my by myself and meeting people like Jr. and Andrew Foxwell out there. So I mean, the whole thing—it's a little rushed uh, getting out there, and I didn't do a whole lot socially. I, I didn't go to any other sessions. I, I had to leave Tuesday morning. So it was mostly speaking, uh, doing our little uh, happy hour with sponsored by Shortstack, which I thought was awesome. And, uh, you know, a couple little things where I met up with some people, but, you know, it was productive. I thought it went well. Yeah, so I heard the word panic. So mm-hmm. I want, for those that are listening that are speakers that... I mean, if they're not speaking at Social Media Marketing World, they're speaking somewhere else. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about your process. <laughs> and and then when I say your process, your your writing process, I guess, for putting together the the deck, your your, your presentation, and then kind of how you prepare for getting in front of the, a, a room of what 300 i don't know how oh much. no it was definitely more than that so i mean it was oh, the, okay i mean it was the big room so i think normally i have around 300 but now they gave me the big room this year so but anyway i mean um yeah my process is i'm starting to accept that my process includes procrastination that uh you know, that's just kind of the way it is. But I, I feel like I, I perform well on, under pressure too. But this, it, you know, it wasn't really my plan. Um, what I talked about, you know, was a subject matter that I've covered on a workshop before, but that was a 90-minute workshop. It's a subject matter that I covered it when I talked in Hawaii, but that was really two sessions uh, broken up. So that was, you know, well over like the 35 minutes I was going to speak. So going into it, I wasn't too concerned thinking, oh, I've talked about this a million times or at least a couple times in public and um, thinking, I've got this. And then so talk about panic. Um, I sat down with my slides Sunday night because we went out to the that ship and all that kind of stuff happened Sunday night. 
and um, but I left early so I could I wanted to practice. So basically, I, I stand in my hotel room and walk through the slide. You know, first of all, kind of read it in my head, um, check for anything that flows wrong or whatever, and then I actually you know give the presentation as if I'm there. So anyone who's my neighbor in hotel, you get you know a fun, fun uh, viewing, but. Basically, I, that's where my big panic came because I was like, this sucks. Because basically, <laughs> I was trying to take this 90-minute workshop and then what was probably an hour or 45 minutes or so, um, two sessions combined, and forced them into 45 or 35 minutes. Um, and at first, because like when I when I sent the slides, I, you know, it's it just over 100 slides. I was like, you know what? No big deal. I, I've done that before. Like, I, I think in the past I've had slides, about 100 slides before for them. I was like, you know, I usually I just, I just there, a lot of them are just quick, quick, quick. But then I started going through it. And first of all, the flow was terrible. Um, I had this intro that was like a personal side that I didn't have in the other presentations. And it didn't work at all with what I was going to talk about. And... Then I started seeing like all these nitty gritty details I was getting into that would work fine, I think, in a workshop. And really, that even that in Hawaii, that was more of like a workshop setting. Um, for this one, I was like, people are gonna glaze over, and this this is like I'm bored just giving this presentation. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I panicked at that point. Now we're talking 10, 11 o'clock at night, and um, I start removing things. I start moving, moving stuff around because especially that intro, things just weren't working. Um, and you know, I, I think this ended up being somewhere around 80 slides. But one of the main things was I found a way to tie together my intro with the presentation itself, and so I create a theme of uh, saving, saving time and not wasting time because of you know how important time is to me and that's you know the, all the, the personal stuff behind that and that led into it so i think it ended up working um I, you know i practiced it probably three three four times um you know bits and pieces for three four times and um so i was ready and of course then i get into to speak and it's definitely not the type of setup i'm used to either so we've got these it's a long room width wise and there are two big um, screens on each side. They're like way <laughs> spread apart. Um, and I don't like just standing on the stage. So I'm basically walking back and forth to see what's on the screen. And luckily I know it well enough that um, I'm not like, I don't have to wait till I get all the way in to start reading it. But so that's, that's you know, that's what happened. That was the experience. Uh, that was my panic. But of course I cried again like I always do doing the intro stuff. Not talking about Facebook, but doing the intro stuff. <laughs> <laughs> time out my family. Yeah, you you do cry. Well, so so yeah, go ahead. I want I want to take a step back because I like that you started over, and when you started over, it sounds to me that you wanted to give the presentation that you wanted to see. Right. Is that how is that how you designed that? Is that how you redesigned it? Because you said like this sucks. Yeah. So that means it's a presentation you wouldn't want to see, right? Right. And you know, and I, I wouldn't say I was looking at it from that perspective. I was looking at it from the perspective of the people sitting in the audience, 
And like, I want to get good feedback and I want to be able, I don't want to start doing this. I also don't want to be stumbling on it and being awkward because I know, like, if I know something doesn't work, you'll see it in like, in the way I present it. Um, so, and I felt that as I was practicing it, that it just had to change because otherwise, you know, people are going to be confused. Um, and frustrated and they weren't going to enjoy it so um but yeah it's i wouldn't say i started over there are lots and lots of things i removed um there are a lot of slides that had like a bunch of bullets that I trimmed it down to three um you know just trying to simplify it and make it easier for like you know it's not so much it's mainstream but like i was talking about uh evergreen campaigns and so I focused more, once I got to the Evergreen campaign part, focused more on what the problem is, um, how this solves the problem of you know, wasting time, and some examples of Evergreen campaigns. Whereas, you know, originally, uh, initially when I had this put together, I got into the details of how exactly I created it and like all the ad sets and the website custom audiences. And that just got boring for this purpose and i realized that once i started practicing so yeah that's that's how it happened so so you you said feedback and when you said that you know wow when i redesigned this i wanted to make sure i got the right feedback Mm -hmm. tell tell me what that means to you what what is the right feedback well you know people who either you know come up to me you know message me later I see them on Twitter that they're like, wow, this was, this really made me change my thinking or this was, you know, really enlightening. Um, I, that's the kind of stuff I wanted to see because if it was crickets afterwards where I see the negative stuff, I know I screwed up. And um, really didn't see any of the negative stuff. That doesn't mean there wasn't any negative feeling. But um, in general, you know, that's important to me because that tells me how it really went when I start seeing that. Yeah, and, and how that shows up for me is a little bit different because I don't know if you know this, I'm gonna do a, a talk next week in Puerto Vallarta and it's about an hour and I'm gonna talk about vulnerability and delegation and, and figuring out how to develop a go-to team. And feedback for me shows up a couple ways. It's, yeah, I want some celebration some accolades and said yeah great job but i also want people to question where they might have where i might have fallen off mm-hmm. this, or where I, where, where I wasn't deep enough sure so if people are out there and they're preparing for a presentation or what have you if it's work or if it's play and you're looking for feedback there's a book called thanks for the feedback that i just finished that has really changed the way that I look at receiving feedback and how I give feedback. So you you definitely touched on a couple of things that jog my mind that way to think about how you how you receive yeah, feedback. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, my measure of a successful presentation, I am by no means an expert presenter, but it's not only the feedback afterwards, um, it's also how I feel when I'm giving it. But it's the feedback I'm getting during it. It's the, uh, the uh, participation I'm getting, um, the nods, the eye contact, the hands raising. 
Um, also, you know, something I've tried to make a habit. Okay, yes, I, I do the personal stuff because uh, people connect with that. So it's not just the, the cold um, marketing stuff all the way through. But and, and then also I always have some sort of way to involve them. So I so I had the experiment where I say, hey, go to go to this URL, go to my Facebook page, click on one of these things. You're, you're now going to be involved in my experiment. So involving them in that way, uh, I think helps a lot. And uh, but yeah, asking questions like I'm not Marcus Sheridan. Marcus is great at spotting faces, knowing their names, asking them specific questions, putting them on the spot, and you know, make it feel a little uncomfortable. But it's all friendly and, and fun. Um, that's not me. I haven't been able to do that, but I basically ask the, the whole audience, raise your hand if kind of thing. Um, but so, so basically, if I went through that, not getting the eye contact, lots of people leaving. Uh, no one raising their hand when I ask questions, nodding their head, that kind of stuff. I knew I, I would have known I screwed up. So you, you said screwed up a couple times. What are some of the common mistakes that that you've noticed in yourself over the last few years with, I don't know if it's the preparation before, during, or after when you've done these talks? Because you've done them for how many years now? Three Three and a half. Okay. Four. Yeah. I, I, actually, the, the first one I did was a panel, so three, three and a half or so, yeah. What, what are the, some of the common mistakes that you, you notice? Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I feel like uh, each one I did went, ended up going pretty well, but um, I think the one issue would be you know I, I think I think of one in particular where I don't I don't feel like I involved the audience enough um, maybe I didn't know the audience well enough in terms of the content that I gave them and yeah having too many slides um, too many bullets being too text heavy that kind of thing those are all things that you know I'm trying to avoid yeah yeah no and and I've I've watched you through the years and I, I would say that uh, sometimes going too deep in the first cut of the presentation. So it sounds like you've learned that a couple of times is when you go too deep, kind of take a step back and simplify it a bit. And then it, it helps the audience connect with it a bit more. So I would say that one probably stands out the most for me. And uh, well, you didn't tell a bad joke this time. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. Usually there's no. something, right? So when I did, Social Media Day did the whole thing where he announced me as as a baseball player coming up to the plate and I hit a home run and all that kind of stuff. And then I don't think I ended up doing a joke after that. I think that was it. I've done uh, Be a Bear where it's it's like someone asked. Like I saw there's a note uh, comment in a fa- in someone's Facebook post. Did he tell a poop joke? It's like yeah, that's that's some <laughs> some I've done. That's what that's what you want to be remembered for. Yeah. Is telling poop jokes. That's funny. But basically, so, hey, it's it's to it's to loosen myself up because I'm not <clears throat> I'm not a natural speaker. But it's also to kind of break the ice for everybody else too. So tell me this: How do emotions show up for you in this whole process? Uh, you know, are you petrified? Are you disappointed in yourself a majority of the time? Are you elated? Like how? Or do you feel ashamed a bit because 
you you found that you didn't do something you wanted to do. So how, how do emotions show up for you through all of this? Well, I'll say one thing that's starting to change for me is that I'm usually petrified heading up to it and probably the first minute or two. And you can always hear it in my voice um, that, you know, this, this isn't comfortable for me. But then I usually loosen up eventually. Um, these days, I, you know, I think I'm getting over that. You know, I, I think you're probably not breathing if you're not a little nervous. But um, like any shakiness in my voice this year was more related just to the emotional stuff that I start out with than anything. Or even if I haven't talked about it yet, knowing it's coming. <laughs> and so like, so someone may watch it thinking I'm nervous, but in reality, it's just like bracing myself for might be able to get through this beginning part. Um, but so, so yeah, emotions, and now emotions in that way, like the kind of, um, you know, cracking up a little bit and, and crying or whatever, uh, I just feel like it, it's intensified because of the moment. Um, that said, I, I've also learned my lesson that I know it's going to happen. I, like, I will even start crying when I'm practicing it. So, or just choke up a little bit. So I know it's going to, so I actually br- work it into the presentation that, look, I'm probably not going to be able to say this part. So I wrote it out. <laughs> so I just read it. And so I found, I found that works too. But, uh, yeah. I, I think we should get Kleenex to sponsor your next, your next talk. Yeah, that might be a good partner. So, so tell me this. So you, we might talk baseball now because mm. I just thought about the idea of nerves and how do nerves show up as you're a coach? How do nerves show up for you in baseball as a coach? And then how do you see them showing up for the players? And then probably the third part of that is how do you coach that? How do you coach a player through the nerves? Mm. So first question, how do nerves show up for you? How do you see it in the players? And then how do you coach them? Yeah, so I always I always get a little worked up myself and uh, get a little nervous thinking about it. I didn't say nervous, just kind of anxious and you know, looking forward to it starting and you know, depending on the importance of the game, um, you know, a little nervous. But I, I keep myself really busy. Like I'm, I'm very prepared. I gotta make all the lineups for six innings, and I, so I know exactly kind of what I'm, what my plan is, plan of attack is. Um, but, but I'm also conscious of the fact that I'm kind of wired a little tight at that point, wound a little tight, and uh, knowing that that's that could be bad when dealing with the kids. So like they're gonna be nervous. Uh, like Ryan, look, we're always the visitor. That's somebody, anyone hearing this who likes baseball strategy, you can ask me about it one day. But I win the I win the flip every time, whether I call heads or tails, and it ends up being heads or tails because I always want visitor, and the other coach always wants home, and I'm always happy. But what that also means is we're leading off, we're hitting first, and my son Ryan is hitting first. So that that's kind of nerve wracking for both of us, for me and him. Because that's like the, the first pitch of the game is being delivered to him in almost every single game we play. Um, so, I mean, a couple things that, things there. I mean, I, so I'm always conscious of the nerves and like how I display them, but also knowing that the kids are probably a little nervous too. So it's a matter of talking to them individually, talking to Ryan individually before he walks up there, you know, reassuring him that 
you know, he's going to hit the hell out of the ball or whatever. Um, but it's also realizing that certain kids definitely handle the nerves differently. Like Ryan will probably tell me that he was a little nervous, but he doesn't show it. Um, there are other kids that you'll see are um, practice players. Um, you know, and, and that's not to be mean. It's just kind of the way it works out sometimes that you'll see them in a cage, batting cage, and they just smash the ball. Get them up to the plate, and they're a completely different player uh, because it's, it's a different world because of the pressure. And, and part of it, you know, I, one of our players in particular, he just walk up there and just clench that bat. You can just tell he was tight. He's just tight and nervous. And so, right. so talking to him, um, you know, talking to him before he goes up, but also make sure he has a routine, a process. You know, just hop into the box and, and be up there, you know, clenching that bat for 30 seconds waiting for the pitcher to pitch it. You have your own routine to relax yourself and kind of, you know, w- you know whatever it is. You, you watch a baseball game, a, a major league baseball game, and all these guys have this routine they go through at, in the batter's box where they don't just hop in there ready to hit a ball and waiting for the pitcher. They're waving the bat. They're, you know, doing, doing whatever they need to do to kind of get in that routine. So, Anyway, that's kind of a couple of examples I use. But I do I use jokes, too, sometimes. Like, we get in these really, you know, really intense situations. I tell that poop joke. And uh, <laughs> I, I only reserve that for once a year, though. So I, I, haven't, I haven't whipped it out yet this year. But, um, yeah, there are always you know, little strategies to try to work in to keep everybody as loose as possible. Yeah, I like listening to you say the, the word routine because routine – I would definitely think that it reduces the the nerves mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but where does belief show up? Oh, because yeah. I know I used to be one of those players in basketball where I could make everything from anywhere before the game started. And then once the game started, it never registered to me. I just thought it was nerves. But as I listen to you say it, I think it was more belief yeah. that I could do. How, how does belief show up for you in both arenas? Belief in yourself when you're st- getting ready to walk across a stage in front of 500 people and then kind of belief in, in yourself as a coach? I mean, first, well, as a coach, I think, I think more in terms of players. Um, but I, I think of like one player in particular. He's, he's always the biggest kid on the field, tallest kid on the field. Big, strong kid. And uh, he often will hit like he's a little guy. But it's a matter of believing and understanding. And like I'll I'll say to him, hit big. Hit like you're big. Like you're the biggest guy in the field. Like you are. And understand that you're the aggressor. As opposed to, I don't say being scared, but like being nervous and worried that you're not going to be able to hit it and whatever. Um, But yeah, and then in terms of being a public speaker... Oh, and I, I can tell when I've hit a point where all of a sudden I really believe in myself because it comes out better. Um, I, I just feel, I, I think the, the audience is responding better. Um, the whole thing just feels strong, whatever that is, it feels big. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to, you can't really manufacture it. It's just... So like thinking big, I don't know. I don't know if you can manufacture it. It's a matter of 
again, your process and trying to think positively. Yeah, now it makes sense. So I have one more and then we can skedaddle, but I want to kind of summarize some of the things that you said today. And, you know, it's important. I think one of the biggest ahas for me with you lately has been this understanding that procrastination is part of your process. And I know I used to give you a lot of, of uh, I don't know, hard coaching about it. And then I just realized I had to relax into it and understand it's part of your process. But also I like that idea of routine. So process and routine and procrastination, those are things that stood out to me. But the last one that I'm super interested in is, is luck. And how does luck show up? How do you receive luck? Do you think, is there such thing as luck? And if there is, is it good or bad? And how does it show up in baseball? Well, there's, I think I believe in luck more than most people. Like a lot of people will say you create your own luck and this and that, which I agree with to a point. But we have to also acknowledge if I had grown up in Ethiopia, I probably wouldn't be very successful right now. <laughs> if, I, if I grew up in the ghetto, I probably wouldn't be very successful right now. And, and, or if I didn't have good influences around me, I, you know, whatever. If I didn't have the support I needed, if you know, the family situation was different where you know, my wife didn't support me and doing something crazy like starting my own thing. So there is some luck involved there. Um, and I think, again, going back to process, it, it, it's true. Process and luck are related to, um, and go back. So we'll go back to baseball. An example, our last Saturday, our last weekend, um, tournament, um, our Saturday, I felt like we played horribly. Like I was so upset with our process. We won the first game, tied the second one. So we didn't even lose a game. And I was just really disappointed in the guys. The first game Sunday, you know, basically what you want to do on Sunday is win three, four games and win the whole tournament. First of all, Ryan was sick, so I I was coaching without him, and so that really hurt. Um, But we ended up losing um, the first game. Now, yes, some stuff happened in that first inning were mainly related to luck. Or, or at least maybe not luck, but the, the, the other team was just doing their job. First inning, mm-hmm. they, they scored seven runs and went ahead of us seven to one because they were hitting the ball hard or they hit it soft and it went to the right place. The ball fell, found holes, whatever. There was a lot of luck in baseball where you just put it in play and see what happens. Now we clawed back. We got and like we didn't. We only allowed one more run. We ended up losing, I think, eight to five. That one, I was much, much happier with their effort and their process, and also knowing a little bit of luck was involved. Um, some bad luck. It just, you know, it happens. So my measurement of success, really in all these cases, um, is, is the process and not always so much the results. Um, so, yeah, does that answer your question? Do you, do you, apply, do you apply it that, that same philosophy to business? That's a good question. Like, as I was saying that, um, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily I probably should though yeah yeah I think you should because I, I loved how you succinctly and I can I mean I'm watching you on video as well and how it's com- confident and your stance just so upright when 
you're thinking that way. And then I'm like, wait a second, does he act that same way in business? Not so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there are correlations there. Um, I think for the most part, business, you have a little bit more control over, over the results. So, mm-hmm. so now I think you can have brought bad process and get good results, just like in baseball. It's more difficult, I think, to have great process and get bad results. Because um, usually if, if we get really bad, especially considering we're more of a mature business now, if we get bad, yeah. bad results, it usually has something to do with the process that we need to do differently. As opposed to a baseball well, game, it's like, well, we're playing this really tough team and they're better, than, they're just better than us or whatever. You know, there's just there's certain elements involved. Well, staying in line with putting the ball in play. Oh yeah. What are what are what are the what are some of the things that that you're looking for that you're about to put into play on the business side? And I know you have a workshop coming up. Yeah. So I mean. I know anyone who's not a baseball fan is going to be bored of this, but yeah. absolutely, man. I All day long, I talk about putting the ball in play. When you put the ball in play, good things can happen. And especially at the youth level, you don't even hit it hard. You force them to make a play, For, especially if you don't pop it up. Force them to, to make a throw or whatever. Next thing you know, that's why I don't even measure errors. Like if you hustle and you make your way on base, that's all I care about. Um, so, and then uh, when it comes to business, yeah, I mean, you need to put the ball in play to get some kind of results. Can't mm-hmm. just sit back and hope for it to happen or wait for it to be perfect or whatever. Um, so, yeah, a, a few of the balls in play right now. Um, I'm about to record a, a workshop tomorrow. So, by the time this airs, I would have already done it. That's something that, you know, I do every two months for the Power Hitters Club. But in addition to that, the new thing is that I'm going to do these free webinars, um, a series of free webinars based on your um, uh, skill level with Facebook ads. So if you're a beginner, I will do a beginner um, work, a free webinar for you, 60-minute webinar. If you're intermediate, I'll do one that's a little bit more advanced for you. And if you're advanced, I'll do one that's even more advanced for you. So... Um, and the thought there is that, you know, first of all, segmenting them like that for the first time, which is the, the entire, you know, idea behind this experiment that I was running, but then giving people the type of content that reflects, you know, where they're at, as opposed to giving them information that's either too advanced or too basic for them. And then funneling them into a product that is relevant. So you're a beginner. Okay. Saw this free webinar. Why don't you do this free training program, which I've never done for beginners before? So that's those are the balls in play right now. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I am done with my drink, my orange crush. Mm-hmm. How about you? I'm still working on this big tall water. Cheers. So uh, we're not we're not going to call over the bartender because what is that? What is there to pay for? This is pathetic. But. Uh, <laughs> But no, thanks uh, Thanks for being on the show once again, JR. Where can people find you? They can find me at BackupCEO on Twitter. And then I always like to put my email address, J-O-H-N, at BackupCEO.com. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, dude. Have a good one. All right. You too. So that was awesome. I always love having JR on the show. 
Um, that was good fun today. And uh, so again, if you're curious, you want to um, try out that experiment yourself, go to facebook.com slash John Limmer Digital, and it should be the pin post at the top. You'll see it right away. Uh, if you're interested, curious about the Power Hitters Club, you want to get, get uh, access to the replay for the workshop where I go through the mechanics of my uh, experiment, just go to johnlimmer.com slash phc. All right, hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.